During the early stages of the pandemic, many Americans lost their jobs and then decided to retire. This was particularly true among older workers, many of whom were justifiably concerned by the risk of infection. The share of Americans reporting that they were retired expanded sharply during the spring of 2020. As indicated by writer Ben Castleman, whether by choice or necessity, millions of older Americans have been returning to the U.S. labor market. Retirement is not irreversible. According to data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics, nearly 64% of adults between the ages of 55 and 64 were working in April, which is essentially the same rate as in February of 2020. The rapid rebound in labor force participation among older workers has surprised many economists, especially since many households were able to save considerable sums of money during the worst of the pandemic by foregoing vacations and other activities. But the fastest inflation in decades has induced people of all ages to return to work in order to pay for more expensive food, fuel, and rent. The return of older workers has been concentrated among those in their late 50s and early 60s, people who were still several or more years away from retirement when the pandemic began. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Weighed down by the costs of waging war in Ukraine and attendant economic sanctions, the outlook for the Russian economy continues to dim. The Central Bank of Russia predicts that inflation this year will be in the range of 18 to 23 percent. Russian output is poised to decline by as much as 10 percent. As indicated by the New York Times in Moscow, shoppers have complained that a kilogram of bananas has shot up in price from 60 rubles to 100. Banks have shortened receipts in response to a paper shortage. Russian apparel manufacturers say that they are running out of buttons. That said, the Russian economy has yet to collapse. Financial maneuvers engineered by Russia's central bank to double interest rates to 19% to stabilize the currency have worked. Recently, policymakers there were able to lower rates to 14%. The Russian ruble has been trading at levels not observed in more than two years. And though the Russians have had to sell the oil they produce at a discount, the dizzying rise in global prices is resulting in higher tax revenues. Despite production cuts, tax revenues from oil are expected to surge past $180 billion this year. Deliveries of natural gas will add another $80 billion to Moscow's treasury, which will provide Russia with additional resources with which to wage war. For WYPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. Despite rampant inflation, there are few indications that Americans have cut back on their spending. Available data indicate that in April, households boosted spending for a fourth consecutive month. But as pointed out by writer Gabriel Rubin, the household savings rate dipped to its lowest level in 14 years, indicating that many Americans are tapping savings to offset the impacts of inflation. According to the Commerce Department, consumer spending expanded by nearly 1% in April, with households spending more on services and autos. Meanwhile, the savings rate declined to 4.4%. The implication is that if prices remain high and continue to rise, Americans may have to draw even more aggressively from their savings. Eventually, that dynamic could produce an economic downturn, especially as the Federal Reserve, America's central bank, raises interest rates in order to slow the economy. But a different outcome remains possible. A closely monitored measure of U.S. inflation, the Commerce Department's Personal Consumption Expenditures Index, declined for the first time this year, though it remained near a four-decade high. There are other indications suggesting that inflation may have peaked, which would take some financial pressure 
off of households. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. It is not your imagination. Gas prices are really, really high. As indicated by writer Clifford Krauss, the price for regular gasoline in California has already risen to more than $6 a gallon. It has become virtually impossible to find gas for anything less than $4 per gallon in America. During a recent month, gas prices rose by nearly 50 cents a gallon. As is often the case with such things, there are many factors involved. Perhaps the most important and dramatic is the war in Ukraine. Tanker companies and traders continue to shun Russian exports, forcing up to 3 million barrels a day off the global market. Energy traders have also bid up oil prices, with the expectation being that Western governments will impose even tougher sanctions on Russia and its energy industry during the weeks ahead. But another factor is that Americans have to date been quite willing to pay higher prices in order to keep driving. The national average price for a gallon of gasoline in late May rose to around $4.60, up from about $3 a year ago. Nonetheless, after two years of lockdowns and postponed trips, many Americans appear to be taking the attitude that come what may, I'm driving. Airfares, which typically move in conjunction with jet fuel prices, have risen even faster. Nonetheless, airports remain busy. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu. This is supposed to be the first normal summer in three years, but as indicated by writers Sarah Cheney Cambone and Harriet Torrey, because of chronic labor shortages, it probably won't be. In Phoenix, Arizona, fewer than half of public pools are opening because the city can't hire enough lifeguards despite offering a $2,500 incentive payment. Trolley lines in coastal Maine that service beaches are shutting down this summer due to a lack of drivers. Across the nation, restaurants in tourist destinations are operating on limited hours because they simply don't have enough staff to stay open longer. This impacts the economy in many ways, mostly negative. The good news is that shortages push wages higher, increasing the earning power of many Americans, including those who work in lower-wage service segments. But those higher wages also add to inflationary pressures at restaurants and hotels. They also hold back consumer spending, which remains the engine of the U.S. economy. There are two primary factors that have produced this set of circumstances. First, Employer demand for workers remains elevated, with the number of job openings roughly double the number of unemployed people. Second, workers continue to switch jobs in large numbers, leaving businesses constantly scrambling to fill newly vacant positions. For WIPR and my producer Luke Spicknall, I'm Aniban Basu.